Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Rebecca Shalon. How are you, Rebecca? I'm doing great, Brandy. How are you? I am phenomenal. It is Monday. You know, Mondays can be a tough day, but I'm excited today because we have a great guest on our show. Do you know who our guest is, Rebecca? <laughs> I sure do. We just had so much fun with her last week, so we're welcoming Miriam back to spread some more advice um, on finances and everything like that. Hi, Miriam. Welcome back. Hi, ladies. Thank you for having me back. Oh, we're lucky to have you back. You know, there's a saying, it's so nice we had it twice. That is you, my dear. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, it's really important that we bring you back because money is something that causes mental health stress for everybody in this world, I think. There's always been some time, uh, you know, when, when our lives have been affected by our lack of money, our stress from debt and things like that. So it's, it's, we're very grateful that you came back and you're ready to dive a little bit deeper into some of the things that we talked about last week. So thank you so much. No worries. All's well. <laughs> uh, how's your last week been? Do you have any cool updates in your life you want to share with us or the listeners? I, I've been on a break, so I've just been doing nothing but taking care of myself, which feels fantastic. I think everyone should have the opportunity to just take a few days and do nothing. Just do your gym, do your walking, do your running, do your, do you. Because uh, I this week I feel a lot more energetic for sure, like a lot more fun and upbeat. And I'm like, I'm ready to go. So I'm really excited. Thank you for that one week to my job for giving it to me. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Actually, it's it's funny. I literally just posted on social media a couple of days ago that you have to give yourself the permission to unplug and regroup and not feel guilty about it. You can't be there for others if you don't ca- take care of yourself first is literally what I posted on social media a couple of days ago. And here you are living proof about that. And I, I love that because I think so many people are like, no, I'm broke or I'm stressed. I have to just keep going. And, and yet it's mm-hmm. the opposite I find is true. So I love that you took that time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what they say, everything works if you unplug it for a minute, including yourself. Oh, that's very cool. I used to bash my TV on the head when we had those old fuzzy TVs, they didn't work. And they always said that that wasn't the right way to do it. And I guess that's not the right way to treat ourselves and our mental health either. Eh? <laughs> it's unplugging. <laughs> it's so good that you And the answer is always, did you re- unplug it and replug it in? And you're like, of all the miracles that I was hoping you'd achieve, that was not one of them, sir. But thank you. <laughs> Rebecca, what about you? How was your last week? I know the world's in a weird place right now. So yeah, it's going all right. I mean, um, yeah, just kind of taking every day as it comes. Like, uh, I'm sort of newly diagnosed with ADHD. So I'm just kind of like, uh, learning to manage that. And yeah, it's just, every single day checking in with how I'm feeling and then seeing if I can do some things on the list or not <laughs> just yeah absolutely yeah. I, I mean I think I think everyone's got something you know that's pressuring them right now something that's stressing them out something that they're trying to learn about themselves and 
it's just so crazy. And I just want everyone that's listening to this to realize that everybody is going through something and you are definitely not alone, even if you feel like you're alone in whatever you're going through right now. And mm-hmm. hopefully some of the tips that we can share with you today might give you something to add to your future, something you can focus on that maybe will pull you out of those difficult days and, and maybe helpful tips. Maybe money is your big stressor and affecting your mental health right now at this time, as I know it is for many people during COVID around the world. So uh, hopefully we can get some great tips on how to get out of debt, how to talk about credit and how to safely pull yourself out of debt while not stressing yourself out too much. So that's definitely where I want to start today, if that's cool with you. (laughs) So I kind of, sorry. No worries. Go for it. Okay. I mean, I was just thinking about it. You know, sometimes we get stuck in the now stuck in the tomorrow. I have this bill due and I can't afford it tomorrow. I, I lost my job today. How am I going to pay my bills tomorrow? And it seems very overwhelming right now. And I I don't know where I heard Mm -hmm. this from, but I've heard it in, in movies and quotes and things like that. And there's some, there's this really great saying where if you think about the problem that you have right now, that's bringing you stress and affecting your mental health, And ask yourself in one year, in five years, will this matter? Is it worth allowing your whole day, your whole week, your whole year to to implode on you and cause you a lot of stress? And if you can answer the question that in one year or five years, this won't even matter anymore and it will seem insignificant in your past, then then maybe it's okay and you can get through it. And I, I really personally love that. So I'd love to talk to you about the now, the stress of now with money and how we can help people, you know, kind of bridge that gap and make a plan for the future. And talking about teenagers too, teens that maybe, you know, they just finished high school or they aren't in high school right now because of COVID and they're having to study at home and they're just wanting to do other things with their lives. Like maybe become an entrepreneur or start selling something or have a little job so they can put money in the bank to, to go out and achieve their big dreams. So I kind of just want to start with some questions that maybe some of our young people will have and, and hopefully we can answer those. So one of the biggest things I think as a teenager is how do we make sure that we don't overspend? That's a, mm-hmm. that's a big one. I think a lot of us are like, I'm going to treat myself and we treat ourselves every day, four times a day. <laughs> so how do you have any tips on how young people can maybe think about how do I not overspend? Yeah, for sure. I think, especially if you pick this habit up as a teenager, before you get into credit cards, this will probably be the best option for you is to not Um, don't spend money you don't have. So if you're making a certain amount in a month or in a week or in a day, try to put some of that away as much as you can safely. Let's, and and I think a lot of people will go for too forward and think I'm going to put $400 aside. If you can afford only $50, do $50 because we all have a little bit of expenses here and there. So don't cut back on anything that you really need to spend money on in order to save money just yet. So you know, trying to spend money that you have rather than use the credit card. And I think a lot of now because of COVID, what's happened is everywhere you go, no one accepts bills from you. So the other day I went there and they were like, we don't have change for 50. So I've decided to use more change because I think like, for instance, if I go out and I buy a coffee and it's 275, if I use my card, I never realized just how much coffee I'm drinking outside or how many little bits of tiny expenses I've have throughout the week, the month, the year. So I thought, okay, if I have $20 in my pocket, at least I know I'm running out of cash by the end of the week, no more coffee outside. You can make coffee at home and that's going to help you, you know? 
So you may not be able to buy Starbucks stock, but for sure you can just put that $2.75 aside and you can have a $5 drink once a week, but rather than spending seven days at $2.75 or $2.50, if that makes any sense. But having that cash really helps. And once you are out of cash, you know. So if you have, say, you get $1,000, you've got $100 for your phone, you've got however many much for your expensive, then you've got about, say, you know, $500 left. If you put 200 aside into your savings and you have 300 left for the rest of the month or week or however long you, you between your paychecks, then, you know, you're not going to spend more than 300 because that's all you have. That savings does not get touched. But at the same time, everything is getting paid for. So you're not running into debt, trying to accumulate money. And at the same time, you're still putting something a little bit aside just to make sure it's growing in the pile. So really overspending comes. And I think it came even more with the invent of the credit card and the debit cards, because you really don't see that. You don't see that balance all the time to think like, oh my God, I'm, I'm paying this much for this or however much it is that you're, you're paying like little tiny bits. One of the things that annoys me the most is paying for parking because you'll see like 50 cents, 50 cents, 50 cents. And then at the end of the day, it's $50 worth of parking in a month that I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, if I had just taken the bus a couple of times, or if I had just walked there, I wouldn't be spending an extra $50 on parking. Now, with every stage of your life, you have different things. Um, as a As an adult, you have parking. And as a child, you may have just want to buy snacks or eat outside. And I, speaking of quotes, we've seen Brandy. One of the ones that I've seen over the last couple of weeks is the more adult I become, the more I realize what my mother said was true. You, we already have food at home. (laughs) 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 There's already food at home. Don't bother going out. But you know, this just kind of little bits and pieces here. And then at the same time, you know, you're staying super organized, you're making those monthly payments. And I think that'll kind of go into the next part, which is about credit and how to build credit, which is making those monthly payments. You know, those, even if it's just the minimum monthly payment to just, you know, accumulate that, you know, you're, what's happening is if you've got $2,000 on your card and you're paying it off $50 a month, Unfortunately, it's going to take forever, but it's going to take a long time. But at the same time, you're not adding any more onto that card. And if you find that you're not, say you're at the end of the month, you've got another $50 left because you were nice and you you took care of how much you were spending and how much you were just, I guess, treating yourself and, and there's some leftover, you can put that back towards your credit card as well. So any excess can go in there, but at the same time, you're not also digging a hole somewhere else and thinking like you're going into your, I don't know, into your savings or into anything else. So that also helps with the credit. I know it's really confusing, but um, staying organized, starting out organized, having your parents kind of reinforce that with their own behavior really helps in the long run because it's just good habits that you get, keep, and then, you know, you accumulate on top of. I think that's a really great tip, especially for people with impulse control issues like me, because adding the extra step makes it really unappealing to my brain. So like knowing that, in order to impulse buy something, I have to go get the cash out first. Mm-hmm. That's definitely going to help um, someone like me with impulse control. And I also really like that you said uh, not to have it to roll over. So if there's any excess within that weekly spend, that goes into your savings rather than rolling over into the next week because I would I would 
totally just be like, well, that's my coffee money. I already assigned it to that. Like that's, it's the rollover. <laughs> but yeah, these are really good tips. Awesome. You know, you reminded me of a story. Um, the very first time we did the teen wealth program in a high school, there was a young man, it was a, it was like a small town and, you know, people didn't make very much in this small town in terms of the salaries based on the state that they were living in. And this young man would come to class every single day with a monster, like a rock star energy drink that were like three to $4. And we did this 12 week entrepreneur program through teen wealth and the first few weeks, he's like, oh, I don't have any money for this. I don't have any money for this. And so finally, I just, as we got to know each other a little bit better, I kind of called them out in front of the whole class. And I said, how much do you spend on your Mountain Dew every day? Or sorry, your Monster Drink every day? And he's like, oh, it's about $3.50 at the gas station, $3, $3 if I get it on sale, which I try and buy it on sale. And I said, okay, so you tell me you don't have enough money. Now you are going to be with me for about three months. So if you drink one of those every day, Monday to Friday, what is the math? And he goes, holy cow, that's $90 in three months. And then he did the math for a year. And then he did the math for the three years he was in high school. And he goes, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a lot of money, but, but I really need this energy, you know, and it was really cute. And so I teased him every day and about eight weeks into the program, as we were starting to really do a business plan for a small business and budgeting for it, he showed up with a Mountain Dew in class. And I literally went, <gasps> I stopped the whole class and I went, wait a second, what is going on? Why do you have a Mountain Dew? <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, well, because a Mountain Dew is 49 cents. If I buy a case of them, I'm saving $200 or whatever, every three months for my dreams. And he really realized, and, and we do, we have to do that. I call it the Frappuccino mentality with my actors where you can have a $7 Frappuccino or a $2 coffee from home. And that's $5 a day for your big dreams. And in, in one year or five years, like we talked about before is, are all those Frappuccinos going to matter? Or is it that money that you have set aside for your big dreams that you can create? So I love that you brought that up because I, I just, that was a great story. I'll never forget my Mountain Dew moment with that young man. It changed, changed me and him, I think. <laughs> Oh goodness. Yeah, for sure. It's really important, especially if you think about it, like if you have the opportunity to go, go buy something that's a little bit cheaper, say Costco is always a good option and buy it in bulk and, and use that in bulk. It really adds up in the long run. And I think what people may not understand is that wealth does is like, no one comes over to you at some point and gives you a $10,000 check and goes, here's $10,000 for your savings. It really does accumulate a little bit at a time. Now you may get an extra 500, 1,000, 2,000 occasionally out of somewhere. I don't know, you might save money or you might get a, a, um, a severance or you might, any kind of, kind of big bulk cash that might be given to you. But in the long run, $10,000 is made by five or $10 at a time. It's not made by a thousand dollars at a time unfortunately because that's unless you have some high paying job where they're paying you eight thousand a month and you know you can put seven of it into the cash uh, into the uh your savings it's really it's really just little bits at a time and it starts just by little habits at a time just like you know like 25 cents a dollar two dollars and if you can start with that then you would know what to do with five hundred or a thousand dollars it's just that that kind of financial um acuity or agility that you're um i'm not even finding the word today so never mind that but it's just the financial know-all that you're you're getting 
Is it acumen? Acumen. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been to work in a week and I can't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the biggest things I think people find is they miss the payment deadlines because life gets so busy or their yeah. focus is not on that. Do you, do you have any like apps or techniques that you do to remind yourself of the payment deadlines? Like, do you have one of those big cartoon clocks that has a hand that jumps out and smacks you across the face when it's time to pay your bills? Or how do you, how do you recommend people remember those important dates? God, I wish I had that. I just smack you across the face. Um, I'm a big believer of the calendar app in my phone. That's what I usually use for a lot of my things. And I also use, well, if you don't work, it's a bit hard, but I also use my Outlook notes and my Outlook calendar. Cause sometimes I'm at work and I, you know, I'm work, work nine hours a day and I've got my card with me. I can just pay my bills online. And the good thing is now we get those emails. So like your, you know, your Telus bills ready, your BC Hydro bills ready. And so I keep those until say you get paid on the 15th of the month. Then I go on the 16th, make all the bill payments, and then leave the cash that's in the account for whatever it needs to be in there for. And um, and that's really helped. I think less than paper is involved, but if it's on your phone, if it's the notes, if it's the calendar app, that'll remind you, oh, first of the month, remember your rent is going through. First of the month, remember this is going through. Um, like I know the first of the month, my car payment and my um and my uh, rent goes through and then the 20th is my insurance. So I've accumulated accordingly to make sure there's enough cash in there at various times. And then there's always something in there for say gas or just emergency or however the case may be. But um, really the, the notes app is probably your best friend. And just because you're not going to see sticky notes everywhere. Right. And you're not going to go flipping through your notebook and dates and things like that to see them. Uh, so just the best way for me is just to put that reminder in there pops up in the morning. I'm like, okay, I better take care of this later when I'm at work or where I have a few minutes and then just do that. If it's automatic, if you know what the amount is and it can be an automatic payment from your, your online banking, which my, my TD does let me do that. Then I would do that. Like every month, a certain amount goes out to the same institution for however much it needs to be. But I know a lot of times, you know, the bills go up and down, like you never know what your hydro is uh, at any one time. So it's best to just leave the email unread so you know it's there and then set that reminder that you can pay that bill right away when when your um, paycheck or whenever the time for it to be paid. I was going to ask, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Like, what are your feelings towards direct debit? Because for me, as someone who's like, my brain doesn't work like that. Like if I see the reminder that I need to pay the bill, I'll go, okay, I should do that later. And then once it's out of sight, it's gone forever. And I have a late bill. So Mm -hmm. I have so many direct debits and uh, no way of keeping track of them. (laughs) Like I would love to hear your thoughts on that, but I do see that we need to go to a break. So have a think about that. And when we come back, we will talk about that. Sure, sure. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hey you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? 
All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Um, just before the break, um, I was asking Miriam about her thoughts on direct debit because I have a problem with it. So I just wanted your advice on how to keep track of all those direct debits so that they don't get lost because I'm pretty sure there are payments that come out of my account and I, I, I don't know what they're for. Can you, sorry, can you just explain for anyone that's, you know, new to banking, any like younger people that might be what direct debit exactly is just so that they know what we're referencing? Yeah, I'll leave that to Miriam. <laughs> sure. It's just this, um, most online banking give you the option to make a automatic monthly payment to an institution for a certain amount. Um, so it really helps if, I think the the most consistent thing is like, say, um, your, um, MSP, I think it's like the one that, that can go out monthly and you can pay like however much it is, or like your TELUS bill or your phone bill or your, I don't know, your, um, internet bill or your visa bill. And I think, uh, the, one of the best things about it is it is automated. So you don't have to guess every month about what time it goes out. It'll go on the 20th. It'll go when you have cash. Uh, but I do agree with Rebecca. It's like a slippery slope. You have one, you have two, and then you have 10 and you have no idea where they're going or how much they're going, especially because some, uh, sometimes I don't know about you guys, but like the, sometimes the rates change. So like if Telus overcharges you one month, you don't know that, but they'll withdraw the money anyway. So that's kind of the one reason why I'm not a terribly big fan of that. Um, only cause I'm like, if I can see it. So if say like my Telus bill shows up at $80 and it's usually 60, I can be like, Oh, what happened to it? Like what did I get charged out of? And that's also the other thing I was going to say. Uh, one of the other things is it's just to be very vigilant about what goes out of your bank account and how much of it, you know, if you're, if you say, if you're seeing that other people are spending less on their phone bill with a better plan, always make that adjustment, always kind of keep your eye on 
what's being charged to your account. Like the other day I was on my online banking and I noticed that there was a charge on my account for J and S Brendan or something like that. And I was like, holy hell, who's taking $50 out of my account? And it's like every two weeks it's taking a certain amount. And I thought, my goodness, what the hell is this? So I called up, I called up TD Bank and I said, who's J and S Brendan taking cash out of my account? And then um, and the guy was like, it's actually no frills. That's their name. And I just wanted but to. in the same neighborhood because I saw that once too. And I went, who the hell are this couple taking money out of my bank? <laughs> that is as soon as you said that, I was like. I, I've had that couple steal money for me too, but it was groceries. <laughs> yeah. And it was like $50. What did they do? 50. And I was like, oh yeah. Like I want all those things. So it's really good. It's actually a really great habit to have is to go through your online banking and see where those cash is going. Call up the bank, just ask them a quick question. And with regards to keeping track, Rebecca, I think one of the things that I I think that a lot of really like financially savvy people do is they have a day where they look at their accounts. So if it's a Sunday, if it's a Monday morning, if it's a Friday afternoon, wherever the day is, you just sit there. It's you and your bills. You want to see how much you're paying for what you're paying for. How can you lower your expenses? What's going on? And I think having that kind of weekly check-in with your finances really helps in the long run, just so you, you really know what's happening. And then it's a good habit to have later on. Cause I'm sure like, I mean, right now you're, I don't know if you're one person or two people or however the case may be, but a lot of teenagers don't have families. So it's a really great habit for you to just sit there one day a week, one day, every other week, and just go through all these bills that you're getting emails that you're getting and maybe not making a payment every day, but say making the second Sunday of the month, the day that you're going to go online, make payments for those various, you know, bills that are due. And then you just get into that good habit again. Later on, when you have a family, when you have children that they know, you know, second Sunday of the month is mom's or dad's day for doing the bills. So that's what mom and dad are doing on the, at the kitchen table after breakfast or, or Sunday night or however the case may be. And also my other recommendations, do it in the morning. Um, I always find doing it in the morning first thing with a clear head really helps, especially if you have worries and anxiety. You definitely don't want to be doing something like this late at night and then going to sleep where you can't sleep and then just like having that kind of pile over into the next day. So, you know, kind of being like in first thing in the morning, sitting down, looking through, seeing what you can do to make sure that you know, everything's adding up at the, the end of the month. If you're not over, but you're certainly not under that also really helps. So um, these are just like little habits, again, little habits that it's so important that you get when you're younger and then you practice as you grow older and then they've just become second nature to you. You know, one of my favorite things when you're talking about like the automatic debit that comes out and sometimes there's more of like a bill will jump up, like your hydro in the winter will go up. I, I started doing something a few years ago that actually brings me joy. And I used to hate bills. Like I would hate paying for things. <laughs> I think this is for, goes for everybody, but it, it never really brought me anxiety, but I was just like, Oh, I got to go work an extra day or something. Like I was just like, Meh. and so what I started doing is overpaying my hydro, my cell phone, everything by like $10 a month. And I was like, okay, that's one or two Frappuccinos that I can't have this month, but I'm overpaying it. And then 
in like three months, all of a sudden, I'd have this thing that would say, oh, you have an extra $30 in your account when I went to pay the bill. And it's like, you only need to pay $20 less, but I'd still pay the full bill. And that, and it always made me smile because I had too much money in there. And I had a credit owed to me from TELUS or Shaw or Hydra or whatever. And I maybe, maybe I'm, it's just me, <laughs> but I always enjoy that going, oh, they owe me a hundred bucks back. Like it gets exciting for me. And then when I do have to pay those bills, it's joy because there's extra cash in there. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> no, it is. And having the mentality, like, I think a lot of time we think like there's bad debt is bad and it's not great. Certainly it's not a great thing to have, but at the same time, at a certain point, your debt helped you achieve a goal that mm-hmm. you're on that you have now and so kind of paying it back is like well I'm just paying back what's helped me and I think that's one thing I try to look at with my student loan is kind of like well they helped me when I needed it and now that I can pay it back I am paying it back just so someone else in my position can also have the opportunity to go do my schooling and to do that and I think it just kind of takes that badness of debt away because I think we do have a lot of debt it's not a great thing it's there's no way of like sugarcoating it that we our society in general has an issue with lots of people raking up lots of debt but at the same time in order to get rid of it I don't think you should join in the hatred and just be like even add to it even more it's just perhaps having that idea that okay now it's time to pay back now it's, it's a good thing we're stepping in the right direction it's like one little bit and you chisel at the mountain a little bit at a time it goes away so that also having that ch- kind of change like you said it just makes you happy at the end that you're you're paying off something that needs to be paid off but that's the right thing to do it's a good thing to do and you feel better about it yeah can you actually like explain that. to people that are listening what debt is though just like if some of our people might be listening or 12 13 14 like they might not actually understand what the word debt is can uh, you just maybe explain that you might morally or financially or emotionally <laughs> <laughs> maybe let's go financially since we're talking finances today but yes i do understand that it goes in a variety of places for sure <laughs> uh well so debt is actually just there's a couple of kinds, but the one is just you're spending more than you're making at a month. Awesome. You know, you're living beyond. Um, and it can be in any circumstance. It could be just using credit cards. It could be buying a lot of things that you don't need with the money that you don't have. It's borrowing money from people. Um, I mean, there's always like the debt, like say a mortgage is also a debt, but it's a little bit different because a mortgage is also, a, it's a bit of an investment, especially because land and ownership is 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 that but anytime you're really living beyond your means and you're using an external service like a credit card or a line of credit in order to achieve that then then that becomes an issue especially if you're not able to pay it off at the end of the month um if you have no hopes of you know paying it off at the end then you've got another thing coming you know, I that. love that you said about the need versus want. I like I om- I almost think it would be great to have like young people take a giant poster board in their room and put need and then a big call line in the middle separating want and writing down all the things that they need in their life like food air water all that kind of stuff that most of us are lucky enough to have parents or guardians that provide for us some of us are not so we have to figure that out on our own which is can be tough but you can get there and then the the things that are in the want column and then maybe choosing you know one thing a month from the want column that you're (laughs) going to spend your money on so that you're prioritizing the things that you 
you know, the want things that, because I mean, we all want my candy and a Coca-Cola or whatever it might be every day when you're going to high school as a kid. But when you add up all that money at the end of the day, you're like, is that want really that important to me? So I just, I like that you said that because want versus need is in, in our society these days, I think we think we need a lot of things, or, mm-hmm. but they're really just wants. So it's interesting that you brought that up. Yeah. And I think the mentality of our, I don't know if it's social media for society or if it's just the way we live, but it's like, well, in order to be you, you need all of this, mm. but you really need it. That's a want. Yeah. You don't need $150 Lululemon pants. You don't need an iPhone and you certainly don't need I think 99% of a lot of things that people have, you don't need. Those are yeah. wants. But yeah. the way they're advertised and marketed, especially towards the younger generation, is a need. Like, I need mm-hmm. to have this in order to have this kind of image or lifestyle or however the case may be. But uh, you're right. If they do write it out, then it becomes a little bit more real to them. Mm-hmm. That there's a bunch of stuff on there that is really not a need. It's, a, it's just a want masquerading as a need in your life at the moment. So you know, you can live without it for another month or two months. You don't need to have it now in order for you to feel a certain way. Mm. Um, And so that really helps. But I think it, you have to just have to take ownership of that too, because at some point you have to, whether it's when you're 18 and you're on your own or whether it's 22 and you're on your own, uh, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to have to be kind of standing up on your own two feet and looking at it. And, and what we want to do, I guess, in this program is just kind of just let people or children know that it's best to take that ownership of that when you're quite young and build towards the future rather than wake up and and be like, holy yikes, what happened and where am I? And what do I do? And, and then be confused. Mm. And when your wants get in the way of your needs, sometimes financially, that's when a lot of people turn to credit cards as opposed to building healthy credit from day one before you need the credit, right? So can you explain in the simplest way ever for anyone that doesn't understand what credit and credit cards are, exactly what they are and how they can relate to debt later in life? Can you just give us a little bit of the, like the background of credit and what credit cards do for people? Yeah, sure. So credit is really... Credit is your credit. I guess your it's your simplest way is thinking of your credibility to be able to pay debt back. That's what any kind of institution who lends you money wants to know at the end of the day is: Can you pay it back? Do you have any kind of guarantee? So a lot of a lot of times, especially when you're young, you'll go you want to get something, but you won't be approved because you have no income. Obviously your parents need to co-sign for you. And so then your parents will guarantee that should you not be able to pay the monthly payments of whatever you're purchasing, they're going to step in and take over. So that's what a bank usually wants to make sure of is that are my loans being paid back? Because I'm loaning this money out to you. There's interest on it. I'm charging you, but still, I don't want to for you to come back and say, sorry, I can't pay that. Oops. And then, and kind of leave them with that bill because that again is a hole for them to, that they need to fill. So thinking of that, you know, it's, it's, it's really the simplest way. It's your credibility and you can build your credibility in a number of ways. It doesn't always have to be the credit card option. Cause I know that's something that I guess, again, they'll push on you and be like, cause they know a lot of young people might not have a terrible amount of self-control. Even adults don't. 
Um, and so, you know, they expect you to kind of, um, you know, repay those. And so you could, again, I, I, I think I mentioned the last week, you could have a $500 credit card, that, something that you practice on kind of back and forth to see, you know, what you can purchase, how you can pay it back. It's good practice for, I guess, a young person to have that. Um, obviously, it's the it's their responsibility to make sure that it's not going to become a burden to their parents, but at the same time, it just helps them. Uh, it p- helps them build that mentality of, well, if you're borrowing money, you now you have to pay it back. And how do you prioritize your allowance or your paychecks in order to do that? Um, again, it's not my favorite thing to sign up for a credit card right away. It's not none of that. I think if you have a couple of things under your name, say like your phone bill, I think that's, you know, that's one of the first things I had under my name was my phone bill. And I obviously like paid my student uh, fees at the university uh, myself and all this kind of stuff, just to kind of build my credibility with my bank. I had a bank account when I was quite young, but as of 18, I was, there was money coming in, there was money going out. And I think it was at the end, the bank offered credit card to me because I had such a great credit history. Mm-hmm. Um, just making those payments on time and, and getting that back. But uh, certainly it's a step in the right direction to kind of have that mentality of, um, okay, you know, especially for parents, like give your children the responsibility of paying for their phone bill, paying for their, um, you know, their own shoes or whatever the case may be. You know, if you're going to buy shoes on your credit card, then just remember that at the end of the month, you're going to have to pay that off. So come, come back and give their parents the cash and, and make sure your credit card, your bills are paid on time. And I think one of the things that parents might do, and I've seen that a couple of times, is kind of let the kids get away with not doing it, or they'll pay out things off for them. It really, yeah. I mean, it's lovely and it's and it's wonderful, but it doesn't teach them and on their own feet. And I think that's, I think we do it out of love, but at the end, it kind of hurts the child because it doesn't keep help them become more responsible adults. So. In a nutshell, that's what credit is. Other than that, <laughs> well, so um, I just I you know I was looking at this calculator that calculates credit because I think a lot of people don't realize. So, say you get your first credit card and you get a thousand dollars in credit, and mm-hmm. if you pay off the minimum, so say most credit cards are what between fifteen and twenty-two kind of percent. So, if we hit it in the middle at eighteen percent. So imagine if you get your first credit card at 18 and you have $1,000 on it and you spend that $1,000 on a new PlayStation, two new things of shoes and to take your friends out for dinner and you've spent that $1,000 and you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I just have to pay the minimum. And so you pay that minimum every single month, which is what, I don't know, $10 or something a month. (laughs) And and then at the end, it's going to take you 10 years at $10 a month to pay that off because you're paying interest on top of that, which is about at, at... 18%, 18%, that's about $800. So now yeah. the $1,000 that you spent has cost you $1,800. That's almost twice the amount. And young people don't realize that. And that's how some of my friends who, when we were 18, 19, had our first jobs and thought we were unstoppable, had four credit cards, each for $1,000. And mm. then we spent, you know, and it, and we ended up paying back almost $4,000 because we spent it over time. And some of them were paying those minimums off at 10 bucks a month. But then all of a sudden it was, they got an offer for $8,000 for credit. And I just blathered on and took up the whole time until the next commercial break. No. So we'll be right back in a minute, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Stay 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com. That's brandy with an I at globalteenwealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. So just before we went to the commercial break, I got really excited and started talking about numbers because I was not told the correct numbers when I was younger. I thought if I got a credit card, spent the money, but just paid off my minimum payments, I would be okay, not realizing that I almost pay two times what it cost me to buy things. So that $300 PlayStation almost cost me $600. So now we get into talking about debt. So if you're not paying off that minimum and then some, it becomes debt, right? So why is it important to know this from the get-go and build like good credit? I think like anything else, if you know this and choose to go in it, then it's a more informed decision. Um, Perhaps in our generation, because I think it was, when I was a child, there was no credit cards. <clears throat> they kind of came on the scene when I was a teenager, a little bit later when I was in my 20s, and they became rampant. But uh, they were actually a lot harder on people with credit cards before, too. They weren't just handing them out willy-nilly as they do now. Um, I remember like my parents tried to get one when I was quite young, and it was just really impossible without good credit and all this kind of stuff. So the importance of telling people now is that at some point, you're going to have a credit card anyway. You're going to have to have a credit card. It's important to have one for emergencies or whatever the case may be. Um, and if you find yourself with more than one, then you really need to be careful. And I think it just builds good kind of 
financial acumen, there you go, um, in the long run, because you, you're dealing with one, which is your credit cards, then you can deal with a line of credit, then you can deal with your mortgage, then you can deal with your car payments. And it's just, it's the first step in a bigger circle of things. But understanding what's really happening, especially with the interest rates, how much they're actually taking from you, you know, and then uh, what it really means in the long run, it just gives people that option of whether they want to do it or not. And when they do it, they're more careful and they're more aware. It's always more about awareness than anything else. Um, you don't want to kind of walk into things willy nilly for sure. But, um, but again, it's important to have it. It's important to have something there, right? So that's what I would say is probably the most important thing about understanding this before you jump in. Certainly it's something a lot of people don't have. I have a question about credit cards. Um, when it comes to multiple credit cards and, um, like what you're saying with paying off the debt and everything like that, is it more valuable to just continue trying to pay off the credit card with the current bank and build bank loyalty, or is it more value to shop around and do balance transfers and like consolidate debt? Uh, it depends on interest rates. I think like one of the things I, one of the things you could try to do, I mean, this is really complex, but one of the things you could try to do is see if you can get a line of credit because usually their interest rates are lower. And if you've been with a certain institution, their interest rates are sometimes a little bit lower for and for employees. Ours, we don't have a bank. When I used to work for a bank, our interest rate was 9%. So it, was, it made sense to stay with them and do our shopping or your credit card with them. Uh, but they're all going to charge you around 19 to 22%. So it's up to you about what, how you want to go about doing it. I don't think it, you know, kind of paying off one, paying off one with another, it doesn't terribly make sense in the long run because you're still in debt and you're still kind of dealing with that hole that you've, you've had to go through. Um, but certainly if it's a little bit less interest rates, you can try to do that and then try to pay off that one that has the less interest rate. So the more payments you're making, it's making a more um, substantial uh, impact on the balance that's owing and not just the interest that you're paying off every month. Um, Sorry, just just to clarify for a young person that started yeah. on this, because they probably aren't at that point yet where they're, yeah. where, you know, they're trying to figure out how many credit mm-hmm. cards where they should go. So talking about interest on a credit card, it is like a percentage that the bank or whoever owns the credit card company is going to charge you to pre-spend that money before paying it off. Correct? Am I explaining that correctly? Yes, that's right. So, so if most credit cards are around 20%, every time you spend $100 you're actually paying 120 unless you pay it off within that month. Correct. Am I saying mm-hmm. that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So I, I just want to make sure like if there's somebody that's like 12, 13, 14, 15, they have no idea what we're talking about with credit and interest and interest rates and all that, that they just understand before they even mm-hmm. get to that point that every hundred dollars you spend, if you pay it off before the end of the month, because you have a 30 day cycle for most credit cards to pay that mm-hmm. off before the interest gets on, that's how you build great credit. Yeah. That's how you keep your mental health well. That's how you stay, you know, not stressing about the money. So that's why a budget before you even consider credit is so important as a young person. So my next question for you then is at what age should a parent set up a bank account for their kids? Should it be a checking account, a savings account? Should they have one of each? And, and 
after that, what at what point is it healthy to start talking about credit? I know different states and different provinces, you can't get a credit card until you're 18 and some, 19 and some, 21 and some, and some are 15 years old. So that's quite scary. So what age should a parent start to set up a bank account and then a credit card and all that for their kids? I think you can start it as early as you like it to. I mean, it's always you can also be putting money away from that for them. I know for our niece, we, we wanted to put money aside for her only because children get so many toys and clothes and everything like that. So either you buy an experience for them or you buy the, the account for them and so that they can have those experiences later. So if you put money aside for them for their checking or savings, usually I would prefer a savings account or if you can put it into any kind of say, um, not an RSP, children don't need RSPs, but an RESP, which is the registered education saving plan or a TFSA really helps. Um, every a child is allowed a TFSA af, uh, at the age of 18, I believe. And so you can put money aside for them in that account. Um, you can put it into an RESP if you think they're going to school. So anything that'll allow that money to grow for them. Uh, but just kind of leaving money in the bank and not doing anything with it is, I'd say it's a bit of a waste because it, it won't accumulate any kind of interest. I mean, you might get like a dollar a month, you know, accumulating on top of it. So try to perhaps think of an option of like investing the money for them. I think I mentioned that last week. Then they, Then when they get out of school, they can start to withdraw that a little bit for themselves. So when you're if you do an RESP account, once you're in school um, and you're part of your program, you can use some of that to buy yourself a laptop. You can buy your equipment for your school. You can pay for your courses. And I think that, you know, what really helps students because you don't have to go pay for a $2,000 laptop all on your own uh, with all its, its accessories. Um, and so that's one way that a parent can help their child. But to talk about interest in credit cards and things like that, I think, I think you're, once you start having these sort of small level conversations with them about saving and about what to do with their cash and how to spend and, you know, kind of leaving it in their own hands to explore and find out what's going on with money. And so, you know, everyone's got to blow money on something and then they'll learn. Um, so letting them have those experiences, even though we love them, want to protect them, but it, it's just the way we all are. We have to go out there and do these things. Um, and then letting the children kind of come up with it themselves. And you, I think as a parent, should know your children best uh, before going forward and getting them. If you know that your child has absolutely no interest in saving money and just blends it, I wouldn't really be going out there and buy, getting them credit cards because, uh, you know, they're just going to rake up debt. They have no kind of inclination towards savings they're not learning anything that you're teaching them. So adding a credit card to the mix is either putting that burden on you to take care of them or on them, but they still don't understand what's happening with that as an adult. So I don't know. I think it just comes down to parenting or how you'd like to parent your child. Um, and I think as a parent, you know, your children best. So you can think of uh, the best conversations to have with them, what the best time would be. Some children are very mature and very smart by the time they're 12 and 15 and can take those conversations. And some aren't until they're 18 or 19. And so if they're looking at, if, if your child comes to you and says, I really want a credit card and, you know, all these reasons, unless they've got a good plan to be able to back up 
what they're saying and they understand what the credit card mentality is, which is the hundred dollars, but you're paying back $120 with the interest, then, you know, maybe getting them a credit card might not be the best option until they've learned that piece. Um, but again, it's really important for those, you know, start early and start with those conversations and try to gauge where your kids are at and then tailor accordingly because no child, no two children are the same. No two people are the same and no two circumstances are the same. So, you know, if you, even if you have money, it's important to teach your children how to spend money because I don't know if you, there was also something I read online a couple of weeks ago, which was 70% of people lose their wealth by the second generation and 90% of people lose it by the third generation. And that's partly because they don't teach. Like if I'm learning it, I'm not teaching my children and my grandchildren are just blowing it. So this idea wealth, you know, accumulating wealth or is very difficult, but accumulating wealth on top of wealth is very, is a lot easier. So, you know, having those conversations where it's not just, you're the rich kid, that's blowing all the cash. Um, it kind of goes for every level of person. Um, and certainly it really helps your children kind of build their own confidence too. You know, I can do this. I, I know mom and dad have shown me, I know all of it and I'm doing it with the conviction that I can profit from this. It's not just a, Oh, I really want a new pair of boots and they're six, you know, $500 and I have to have $500 boots for this very reason. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, just, um, a little bit at a time, but, uh, certainly I, I recommend parents having those conversations early on and then, you know, gauging their children's interest. It's, it's really something to be, it's really something to be said about that. I think some of the greatest takeaways from all of the radio shows we've done on finances and things like that are make money before you spend money. So you don't even have to worry about all of this kind of stuff. Know what your needs are that you really truly need to live a life that's fulfilling for you, not what social media or your friends or whatever tell you. Because I know all my friends had Ugg boots and I don't know, coach purses. And then when I, when we graduated high school and I traveled the world for seven years, they were like, how'd you do that? And I was like, well, cause I had a knockoff coach purse. So needs versus wants spending, you know, making money before you spend it. And, and then really talking to people that are older than you that have made good or bad choices and listening to theirs and, and making a plan. I can't believe how quickly an hour flies by, you know, you're just amazing. Thank you so much for coming on our show yet again. Um, we only have 30 seconds left before the end. If there is one last tip that you want to share with the whole world, what would it be? Oh, did we lose her already? Um, <laughs> research. Nice. Look at your finances and don't be, awesome. don't be afraid. I know it's daunting and it's really big it's not it's it's okay you can do it anyone can do it we can all do it uh but don't be afraid just like step in a little bit at a time and then really embrace it because it's the one thing that you're going to deal with until the end and even until the end someone else will deal with it for you but it's better if you're good at it (laughs) so that they don't get into too much trouble over trying to deal with your estate (laughs) one I love that. Well, I know Rebecca and I have taken notes and we are grateful to have you back Definitely. again. Thank you again for volunteering your time to be here with us today. Thanks, no worries. Everyone. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Thank you. See you same time, same place, everyone here at Team Wealth Radio live at 5 p.m. Mondays. Back with Rebecca and I next week with a brand new guest. Have a good week. Thanks. 
for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on